0: Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater, brought to you by the great detectives of old time radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. And today we're starting in on a new series, sort of, it's the series US Marshal and it stars John Bromfield from Sheriff of Cochise as the same character however now appointed as a US Marshal. Today we're bringing you season 1 episode 1 original air date October the 11th 1958 and the title is The Fugitives. <laughs>
1: jobs pull this morning? Oh, nothing you couldn't call a routine. This teletype says they were last seen east of Hayden.
2: Hmm. That's over a hundred miles where they pulled the job. Uh-huh. What about the bank guard? He died. Is this a complete description?
1: No, two men, a gray sedan. Uh, well, it's all here. Serial numbers on the bills. Seems they grabbed a load of new money. Give it the radio station.
2: See, they give this information out to the
1: citizens. Well, what good will it do, Frank? Job was pulled a hundred miles out of Tucson, and the report has them east of there.
2: Sam, I learned something a long time ago in the Korean War. Whenever the report came in that there was no enemy in the area, the seasoned troops dug in deeper. Sometimes it paid off.
1: Easy, Harry, easy. Marco will never make L.A. We lose ourselves in these sticks. If they pick us up, we'll cry for that shooting of yours. Shut up. can get it started we'll stop at the first garage we see and get the motor taken care of just like any two citizens but the law might have the word out on us here maybe our pictures by now i'll do the thinking harry just like always that's where the law thinks we're headed east i just don't think you're gonna get this thing started i'll get it started but why don't we just buy another car we got 30 grand here sure we do but it's hot can't you get that through your stupid head you had to grab new money. By now, those serial numbers are on every police desk in the country. I told you I just couldn't help it. When you opened up on that guard, I just grabbed. Someday you're going to start using that thing between your shoulders to think with. Now we'll have to wait and unload it in L.A. at a discount. <laughs> Marco, suppose somebody recognizes this. The newspapers might all be about Stay in the garage till the car's fixed. Marco, suppose you—you've got a gun, and so have I. Well, take about three or four
2: hours, Mister. Once I can get the parts. Parts? Haven't you got any parts on this joint? Sure, I have, but I can't stock every part for every car. All right, all right. Look, all I'm interested in is when do we get rolling? Tomorrow about noon, maybe. You can stay at the motel down. Tomorrow right, noon. Now look,
1: buddy, I got a couple of things to do. The name the is
2: Greenwall, Mister. Tomorrow at noon's the best I can do. We promised that sports car for tonight, so I can't get on yours until in the morning. Anyway, the parts place will be closed in less than half an hour. Look, we'll pay you double. Just get us out of here tonight. It's not the money, Mister. The kid that owns that sports car is going to be in a drag race the first thing in the morning. So we promised him his car.
1: Hey, Milt, how about a hand?
2: Okay. There'll be no more talk. You fix this car now. What's the matter with you? What's this all about? There's
1: nothing here worth stealing. Like I said, buddy, no more talking. You fix this car now. You need parts. You tell him to get moving. Listen, mister. (laughs) reason you open your mouth is to tell him what parts to
2: get. And you don't get any bright ideas like going to the law. If there's any trouble, your funny here gets it.
1: Come on, Sam, what's going?
2: I'm hungry enough to eat a horse.
1: Whoa, in Arizona? Man's best friend. <laughs> All right, let's go. Would you mind going down 18th Street a minute, Frank, before we hit the diner? i promised that kid of mine I'd look in on his hot rod. It's so over at the Ace Garage. I got orders to hype old Milt if he isn't working fast enough. Airport races again? Yeah. Well, now it's better than having him race on the street. You're right. Makes life a lot easier. Let's go. Hey, Marco. I don't like it. He's been gone a long time. Maybe
2: he won't be back. What's taking your boy so long? What difference does it make? I'm not
1: ready for him anyway. Oh! When I ask a question, I want a straight answer. Marco, a car's pulling in.
2: They could be closed, you know.
1: Well, not Milt. Not when he promised the kid. Well, the lights are still out. Maybe he's got his nose stuck in a running engine. I'll try the door.
2: to control what's up marshal uh, standby control call an ambulance immediately two men are inside the garage shot uh morgan back to control uh, request assistance in surrounding area five blocks each way from the ace garage uh, deputy taylor and a citizen have been shot i believe these are the same suspects that held up the bank this morning they are heavily armed last seen in an alley near the garage uh, standby control greenwald's dead marshal the deputy's out but he's still breathing suspects are not wanted for murder
1: As soon as it gets dark, we'll get a car and be on our way. It'll be a cinch getting away from these small towns.
2: the area ring solid, Frank. Yeah, they're in there somewhere. We can't keep them locked in. we got to flush them out. Wayne, how long ago those commercial stations start their warning broadcasts? About 30 minutes, I'd say. Broadcasting every three minutes. Okay. We interrupt this broadcast again to bring you a special announcement from the United States Marshal's office in Tucson. All persons in the area bounded by 14th to 24th Streets and Park Avenue to Tucson Boulevard are requested to stay off the streets and keep their doors locked. Two men wanted for murder and armed robbery are in the area. I repeat, this is a warning from the U.S. Marshal's office in Tucson. Thirty minutes of that ought to keep them off the street. Let's go. Oh, uh, Wayne, keep checking with the hospital. The minute you find out anything about Sam, let me know. All right, Marshal. Um,
1: creature as clear as a graveyard what's that mean Marco means those people have been warned to stay off them that's what it means all those sirens we heard before adds up only one way they got this area surrounded we're cut off what do we do how do we get out of this shut up Lincoln Marco what do we do cut it out Harry look boy you and I got 30 grand all I know is we're not going to get trapped here we're going to get out of this Tom. one way or the other
2: dark in a few hours, Frank. Yeah, we could work in our favor. Might make him careless. This Morgan to control. Advise all units to start searching the surrounded area. Keep me posted as to any developments. Headquarters to Marshal Morgan. Is Morgan at headquarters?
1: Sam Taylor never came to, Frank.
2: Guess all the boys heard that? Yeah, I hope they did. <laughs> coming back up this street now. Nothing yet. Well, they gotta be locked somewhere in this area. I don't think there's any chance of them getting out. I'll be around when they nail these guys. The man in the outfit doesn't feel the same way. Dan Peller was a nice guy.
1: Control to Marshal Morgan. Come in, Frank.
2: Is Morgan to control?
1: Call received from
2: a Mrs. Martin. 2324L. It's in the search area. might have seen suspects in the rear of the house. I want away. Tell all units to tighten cord in that area.
1: (laughs) Better
2: check the garage, Buck. Martin? Yes, sir, Marshal. It wasn't more than ten minutes ago that I heard this noise from back there. And I looked out, and I saw two men climbing over the fence. And then they started walking off toward the 22nd Street. I bet those are the two men you're looking for, Marshal. The ones I heard about on the radio. Can you describe these men? Well, yes. One of them was uh, quite tall, and the other one was shorter and uh, had a dark complexion. And he was carrying
1: a little black bag.
2: That sounds like the men all right. Thank you very much, Mrs. Martin. Nothing in the garage, Frank. You'd better get inside. Well, You bet I will with two murderers on the loose. She said they were heading over towards 22nd Street about 10 minutes ago. They could cover a lot of ground in 10 minutes. Maybe. They can't break out. Let's go.
1: Check the rest of the house. Make sure everything's locked. There's no sense in giving the law an invitation.
2: Boys have covered every inch. Well, they we gotta be close by. They haven't even had time to get off the streets yet. Well, I don't know, Marshal. We just came up it. How uh, maybe they moved in behind it? All right, Split up in teams and search every house again, inside and out. All right, boys, let's cover this area again.
1: Still out there? Oh, no. They all dropped into the nearest bar. What happens if they try this house? I'm hoping they've already been here. If not, you're going to get a chance to see if you can hit anything with that gun you've been carrying around. You and your shooting always blasting somebody. Well, I'm gonna clear. I haven't done any shooting. I don't like what you're thinking, Harry. And don't get me wrong, Marco. I didn't mean nothing. It's just those cops out there. Sure, Harry, I know. But don't you forget one thing. You're in this just as deep as I am.
2: Uh, this Morgan of control advise all units to research the same area. ...and to concentrate on the immediate vicinity surrounding the church at 22nd and Elm Streets. Roger. It's Morgan back to control. Send the sound truck over to 22nd and Elm Streets. Have him meet me here in front of the church. Roger. That sound truck will keep him plenty busy.
1: They're closing in, Marco. Let's get out of here. I got both ends of the street blocked off. Probably the same on the one behind us. Whoever's running this show knows his business. Well, that'll do us a lot of good. I feel like there's a noose tightening around my neck already. Divide up the money, Harry. Divide the money? Why? What good's that gonna do? One of them sticks his head in here, we'll blast him. Then we'll take off in different directions. It's our only chance, Harry. Might confuse them enough that we both break through. Yeah. That's a uh, good idea the confusion, they might even end up shooting themselves.
2: When that sound truck gets here, tell them to cruise up and down this street to keep calling for those guys. Even if it doesn't work, it'll keep them on
1: edge. All right. There was an unlocked window here at the side the last time I checked the house. You better take another look. Right.
2: the door we go All right over here. Well, this one's gray, all right. Corbin must have made it over the fence. You men spread out, and watch yourselves. I want to take Corbin alive if possible. You stay here, I'll call the coroner. Right. Just freeze me, Marshal. Uh, you'll be all right, Bill. We'll send for an ambulance immediately. Where's that sound truck, Buck? Well, oh, he's on his way. Why don't you stay with him, Earl? Corbin, the area is completely surrounded. You don't have a chance. Come up with your hands up. Corbin, the area is completely surrounded. You don't have a chance. Come up with your hands up. Corbin, the area is completely surrounded. You don't have a chance. Come up with your hands up. You don't have a chance. Come out with your hands up. Pick up come out. Corbin, the area is well, completely Well, if he's smarty, he Will. He doesn't stand a chance. Come out with your hands up. But then who knows? Corbin, the area is completely surrounded. You don't have a chance. Come out with your hands up. Corbin, the area is completely surrounded. You don't have a chance. Come out with your hands up.
1: I'm Corbin. Kelly must be having some trouble with his equipment. Corbin, the area is completely surrounded. You don't have a chance. Come out with your hands.
2: That doesn't sound like Kelly. Corbin,
1: the area is completely
2: surrounded.
1: You don't have a chance. To come out with your hands.
0: Welcome back. Well, there's a lot to talk about with this series. Now, it has been told, and I've read in a few places, that Sheriff of Cochise ended with Morgan getting the promotion to U.S. Marshal. That episode is not really in circulation. I can't find any verification that actually happened. So, how much original audiences uh, knew about the prior series or Bergen's history... I don't know. And in some ways it does seem like the series may have been trying to soft reboot with the reference to Morgan serving in the Korean War. The Korean War ended in nineteen fifty-three. And Sheriff is an elected position. Sheriff of Kochi started in nineteen fifty six. So that would have been a very fast track to becoming an elected official. It might be more believable that he had gone into service and eventually got the U.S. Marshal position as an appointment based on his prior service. So again, I'm not certain how strongly the continuity is implied to continue. I do think the opening for season one of United States Marshal is better than the opening for season one of Sheriff of Cochise. Sheriff of Cochise had uh, Sheriff Morgan shooting when nobody was shooting at him. I think it's definitely more action when the sheriff is shooting back at someone, and certainly when you have that sort of abrupt opening with bullets coming, flying right at the marshal. Now, of course, the marshal isn't necessarily going up against the greatest opponent as the person hit the wrong window three times giving uh, the marshal time to get down. That's not necessarily unrealistic as the police do tend to be much better shots than the criminals because they're required to do meticulous practice at the range and the criminal's not so much. And so I guess it's also believable that the marshal was able to pick him off and then emerge from behind the car. The closing probably makes a little less sense. So he's walking through this federal detention facility and uh, yeah, apparently it's every prisoner put your arms out hour. Like, was that some weird punishment? Some weird jail thing they did in the 1950s. I guess this is one of those, uh, we decided that it looks dramatic, so it doesn't need to make sense, sort of setups. The two crooks in this story are interesting in the sense of how poorly matched they are. Gray is naive and inexperienced, leading him to do dumb things like choosing to steal new and far more easily traceable currency. However, for all his faults, Ray is cautious. And that's one thing Corbin definitely isn't. In many ways, Corbin is the smarter Definitely more seasoned crook, but he's also violent and reckless. With a more experienced partner, Corbin probably doesn't even end up in this situation. But as it is, Gray and Corbin's mistakes kind of fuel each other. And the recklessness continues uh, when he gets to Tucson. His decision to hold up the mechanic to try and make him fix the car was a high-risk gamble that leads to them being hunted down. While the episode highlights Marshall Morgan's decision to let the public know about the two robbers even before they come to town, that ends up not mattering a whole lot because... Corbin's actions assured that uh, the public would uh, notice them. However, Corbin's willingness to take risks does pay off in one situation when he hijacks the sound truck. Which suggests that having one guy in a truck moving very slowly against an armed and desperate criminal who you don't know exactly where he is may not have been the best call. Then Corbin being Corbin kind of blows it because he decides to continue doing the message when everyone else was just assuming that the guy who was operating the sound truck was having problems with his equipment. But when they heard Corbin's voice, that was that. Corbin's just ridiculously reckless. The one thing that I did think was of note was the dress code in the marshal's office and even the civilian employee is dressed in more western wear as opposed to suits and ties that you see in police dramas and that is often the, the case out in the west where I live You know, going back to the 1990s, folks tend to dress a little more casually in situations where people in the eastern United States or in big cities would tend to dress more formally. So, interesting to see that uh, was the case even back in 1958. Well, that will actually do it for today.